Conversations with gospel artists, pastors Our faith is what got us through all the troubles and disasters Indeed we fell short, but the Lord never passed us Our belief in God is the most important factor It's the Velika B Project You're now tuned in to the Velika B Project With your host, Velika B Lover of God, founder and CEO of Set Apart and Chosen Sit back and relax and enjoy the conversation Hey guys, it's been a minute. How are you, Pastor? Um, with? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, my sister? Good. If you don't mind, let me reintroduce myself. My name is Velika B, founder and CEO of Set Apart and Chosen, and I am coming in because I needed some pieces for my new podcast. Well, not new, but I have a segment on my podcast which is called Ask the Pastor. So, Pastor um, West. Everybody that's tuning in right now and even this broadcast going to go over to my podcast and probably the radio um, I mean broadcast. So I just want to introduce you guys to my cousin, which he's my, well, not my pastor, uh, but my cousin, he's a pastor. His name is Roderick West. And I just want to ask you a couple of questions that I hear like myth or facts in the world. As we're coming up. So one thing you did touch on about, you did touch on about salvation. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about salvation on yesterday. I'm like, a lot of churches are not talking about salvation here lately. We talk about everything else. The choir singing good and we did this and we did that, but we ain't really been delivering on salvation. So your message was watch your focus. So one of the things that I always hear people make excuses for is because because wine is in the Bible, so I can drink. What do you think about that? Is that facts? Myth? How can you help me understand this thing about wine is in the Bible so we can drink wine? So if they can drink wine, can they drink beer? Can they drink whiskey? Can they drink liquor? Like, give me an explanation on that. Asterisk. Can you please and thank you? Well, 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 that's one of those questions that we are going to be fighting to the day Jesus comes and take us home. But uh, according to the scripture, okay. uh, when we look at uh, Timothy, Timothy tells uh, the preachers that they are not to drink wine. But then when he gives the qualification for the deacons, it says they are not to be given too much wine. And then there's a part over there in Timothy where he tells, where Paul tells Timothy, don't drink no more water, have a little wine for your stomach. Uh, because we know wine was used as uh, medicine. And yet, uh, the reason why God said that for us not to drink wine for a preacher, because there was an incident that happened over there in Exodus where, uh, uh, Aaron's sons, Hobnai and Phineas, they got drunk. Uh, something happened. They offered strange fire. And it caused their judgment to be messed up. But then you got people that say, well, Pastor, well, the Bible says that over there in Proverbs, that wine is a mocker, strong drink is raised, and whoever partakes of it is not wise. So my thing is this right here. Uh, the Bible says that you can drink, but you're not to get drunk. But yet we got to understand that some people, depending on who you are, can't handle simple drinking. 
a casual drink. That's a gray area. And a lot of churches are divided on that situation. So if you want to tell me, well, well, uh, Pastor West or Rod, I had me a glass of wine last night, or I had me a beer last night. I didn't get drunk. Did I mess up? I'm going to tell you, well, according to the scripture, that you weren't drunk. You can drink, but don't get drunk. But me, I choose not to drink because sometimes if you, if your mind frame ain't right, it can lead you in a different direction. So my thing is this right here. I ask everybody as you walk with God to let the Holy Spirit lead you and direct you on drinking. Now, a lot of people that drink or used to drink say for some reason God took drinking away from them. That was me. But then, you know, so I'm just going to say, you know, the Bible does not condemn drinking. And then they also use, well, when Jesus turned water into wine, Jesus drunk, but then we got to look at when Jesus turned water into wine. That wine that we do at communion is supposed to represent his blood. And we know wine, when it has fermented, it is, you know, it's come intoxic. Jesus' blood was clean. So anytime Jesus drunk wine, it is used as fresh off the tree, freshly squeezed. It didn't have time to set up and ferment. But that's another argument for another day because you got some people that just want to drink and they're going to find scriptures to support their drinking. But yet my thing is God will lead you as you're trying to build a relationship with him, he will show you how you need to deal with what you need to deal with. So. Okay. Okay. Another fact or a myth. And I'm asking for my cousin now, not you. Okay, come on. <laughs> okay. So marijuana is natural. It's grown from the earth. Is that a sin to smoke marijuana or not? Because it's not in the Bible. Let the saints tell it. So what you think about that one? Okay, well, <laughs> Jesus, first of all, we post the understand. Drinking Clorox ain't in the Bible either. True. But we don't drink Clorox. True. So basically, my thing is this right here. Marijuana is damaging to your body. Okay. So you, this is the temple of God. This is his temple. Mm -hmm. We need to honor this temple by watching what we put in this temple. Mm -hmm. Why do people smoke weed? It ain't because they got glucose. I know your kids, they ain't got glucose. They young as we do. They are good. They 20, 20. <laughs> they just want to get high. And that's the point. A lot of things we just want to feel good. And we, we will uh, damage this body on stuff that feels good. Meth ain't in the Bible either. Heroin ain't in the Bible. Cocaine ain't in the Bible. Right. So if it, 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 cocaine comes from the cocoa plant, so if it's safe to say, well, it grown in the field, that means we can take of it. No. You got to have some 
intelligently about yourself and recognize that if you put that stuff in, don't be the, the Bible says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, then of your flesh you're going to reap corruption. But if you sow to your spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting. So basically, you know that weed is not beneficial for your body. If you keep doing those things that are not beneficial for your body, then guess what? You're going to reap something that you don't want to reap. Smoking cigarettes ain't in that either. But guess what? It's toxic to your body. Okay. So no, you God has not licensed you to smoke no reef. Okay. So this one is this the next question is kind of deep. All right. Um, so the older saints, forgive me, but these are questions. Now, this is a good question. This is for married couples, right? All right. So a husband and wife, we're married now. We're not shacking, we're not sinning, we're not fornicating or whatever. But you know, I know in the Bible it says, what it says about the bedroom. The bedroom, go ahead, Rod. I mean, the bedroom is undefiled. There you go. Okay. So the bedroom is undefiled. It's certain things. And I'm not asking. For, this is not for me. I'm not freaky. I'm sorry. I'm not. That, that's not me. Okay. I'm just asking. But this is a good question. So a husband and wife can pretty much do whatever they want in the bedroom. Can they look at porn? Can they play with toys? Can they do other things in that bedroom if they want to? Well, those things, first of all, no. They can't look at porn because okay. that, that is the foul in the bedroom because okay. you're bringing somebody else's relationship into your bedroom. Okay. You are, in, you are imagining these folks on the screen, which has no intimacy whatsoever with each other. So that's they all the is that lust? Huh? Would that be called lust? That's lust. Okay. That, that's lust. Okay. That, that's pornography. The Bible talks about pornography. Okay. It talks about that. You can't look and you can't watch somebody else having sex with your wife in the bedroom and think that it's okay. Okay. That, that's not, that's no, no. That, now, if turn that TV off, and whatever you want to do with your wife in closed doors, and that's you and your wife. That's not on the side. But don't bring somebody else's relationship into your bedroom and think that it's okay. Because what the enemy is going to do is going to have you trying to recreate something that's on a TV screen and your wife is not that person on that TV screen. Well, how about so the all of a sudden, what now? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. Finish. So now, all of a sudden, you want your wife to be this woman. You want your husband to be this man. Fantasy. No, that ain't God. That is that's not holy. That is unholy, unholy, holy, unholy. <laughs> no, you can't watch porn. Well, how about the toys and the other gadgets and all that stuff? No, God gave you everything you need to satisfy that woman. He gave that woman everything she needed to satisfy you. You don't need to go out and get no extras. No. I mean, that's just y'all don't don't judge me. These are I ain't judging. Now I'm just saying I want nobody be listening to this. Like, okay. oh, okay. A lot of that stuff is going on, but those things 
God did not give us toys to bring in and to enhance our relationship with our wife. God gave you everything you need and gave her everything she needs. Those extra things came from the world. They, that, those things are what defiles a house. I agree. But I have to ask I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people in church are doing those things. Yeah, yeah, for sure too. And that's why you got a lot of people in the church that are skipping out on their relationship because they're trying to read they're trying to establish something that is not real in a way. Mm-hmm. That stuff on TV, those things are generic. What you have with your wife, that is holy. That is perfect. That is beautiful. You don't need to bring outside stuff in. Okay. This is another question. Now, and you okay. know, it's funny because these questions pop right, up in your head. Let me ask these questions. Okay, the next question is why is it in the church society, why do we beat up on the gays so bad, but we will not address the pastor in the pulpit who's <clears throat> cheating on his wife? Why? Well, because a lot of people in the church, they want to address other areas that don't affect their life. The gospel message is supposed to deal with all sin. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if homosexual, I tell the church that I pass all the time, I said a homosexual is no different from an adulterer no different from a fornicator, no different from a liar. I said, the one thing that we need to understand that you got preachers that'll preach about one sin, but they won't preach about another sin because to preach about that other sin is to bring yourself face to face with the word of God. That is a charlatan. That is not a true preacher. That is a fake, that is a fraud, and he need to be called out or she need to be called. True preaching is not here to comfort one set of sin. It's here to deal and expose all sin so all people can be redeemed and be delivered and be transformed. That was good. <laughs> so, okay. So let me ask you this. Do you, like for instance, if you got a brother in Christ, another pastor, or you have another, a pastor friend or someone that's not even really close, but you, you're seeing they're out there doing different things that they shouldn't be doing. As a spiritual leader, Pastor West, you're a spiritual leader, but you see your spiritual brother, Pastor so-and-so, down the street doing A, B, and C. Would you talk to that pastor? Address that pastor. But I know you won't let him come to your church and preach, but would you address it when you see it? I mean, how do you handle that? Because here's the thing, and 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 a lot of pastors are getting a bad rap because they're seeing the other things that other pastors are doing. And not saying everybody's like that. That's that's not the case to everybody. There, there's some very, very good 
pastors, apostles, bishops. There's some good people out here, but it takes one to give them a bad rep. And then that's how the unsaved or the people who's like straddling the fence. Okay. I want to go to church. I want to go to church. The reason I don't go to church, I such a did. I saw him at the club. I saw him here and there. We make excuses while we don't want to live our life right. But how as a community of pastors and leaders, do y'all, do y'all address that without the other person getting mad and cussing you out or whatever you mind your own business? How do y'all handle stuff like that though? Okay, well, I'm going to do two things. First of all, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's look at that question. Uh, Galatians chapter 2. Uh, Paul uh, is dealing with the same thing. Paul has been dealing with the church, and uh, and he's dealing with the Galatians church, at, the, the church at Galatia, and there are some brothers that was caught up in some stuff. Spiritual brother. Matter of fact, Peter. You know Peter. He's one of them. He's the main point. But notice what it says here, what Paul does in uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. But Peter, uh, but when Peter was come to Antioch, he withstood him to the faith because he was to be to blame. For before that certain came to James and did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And notice what happened. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, and so much that Barnabas also were carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou being a Jew, liveth after the manner of a Gentile, and not after the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live after the Jews? So notice what happened. When Peter was with the Gentiles, he was living a certain way. He was doing a certain thing. But when the Christian post came up, he turned and said, you know what, no, I can't deal with what y'all doing. But Peter was so messed up that it caused a lot of other people to fall short too. But what Peter did, he, I mean, what Paul did, when he came in, he said, Peter, you're wrong. You should be living like a Christian, but yet you're living like the world. But then when we come around, you want to condemn the world, but yet you are living just like it. So basically what Paul is saying, if you see a brother that's doing wrong, it's our job to go and say, hey, brother, you're wrong. But then Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, uh, 5 over here, he says that, uh, that I wrote unto you in an epistle, not the company with fornicators, yet not all together with fornicators of this world, or with the covenants or extortion of idolatry. For them must ye need go out into the world. But notice what he said, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a relative or a drunkard and extortioner with such that you should not even eat. Paul said, if you got a brother that is a Christian, that is fornicating, that is doing all these things that he knows he should not be doing. Paul said, you don't even need to eat with that person. You need to cut that person completely off. But what we have in the church is that we have relationships that tend to have more weight than the word of God. So when we keep company with those relationships, it's like we are condoning those relationships because we ain't doing nothing about it. 
The whole purpose is to cut the person off, to bring their sin to their face that they may stop. But if they continue down that road of sin, then we need to say, you know what? We can't, we can't fellowship no more. Why? The whole purpose is for them to miss the fellowship to come back. And that's the problem. We are embracing people in their sin. And the sad thing about it, Belinda, is that maybe we are embracing them in their sin because we want to be embraced in our sin. So, brother, I'm going to let you, you know, I ain't no beat you up because I know all of us are work in progress because I want to hold on to my sin. But no, we need to deal with sin and deal with it immediately, especially amongst leaders in the church. Okay, let's just let's just make this clear, though, for anybody that came in on the, the tail end of that. We're going to have it clear, um, Pastor West, that we're not talking about um, members or lost souls. So we're no, not no, no. talking about turning our backs on lost souls. So no, just no. Clear that, I want you to clear that up just in case somebody came in on the tail end of that and, and run with it and say, oh, Lord, he's saying that the turn, turn your back on it's Break that thing down again. Look, and, 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 and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, mm-hmm. notice what it says in verse number 9. It says, I wrote unto you in the epistle not to keep company with fornicators. Mm-hmm. Now, what some people said, well, if, if I can't hang around nobody that's fornicating. But notice what Paul says. He says, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters. For they must need go out of the world. Paul's saying, in order for those people that are in the world, mm-hmm. we have to go out to them. Mm-hmm. We have to sit down and eat with them. We right. have to talk with them. And we have to let the glorious light of the gospel resonate through our conversation that they come out of their darkness into the light. But what he said. In verse 11, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother, this means a Christian. So there's a difference. Paul says, it's our duty to keep company with those of the world that we may lead them out of the world. But he tells us on the other hand, if you know a brother that's saved, and he's doing these things. Hey, you can't you can't keep helping with that. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> no, we have to go out into the world to show them the way to God. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I just wanted to come on and ask you a couple of questions. And guys, for the ones that are just tuning in, this is your girl, Valika B, with the Valika B Project. And I just wanted to have a little segment to ask the pastor, like, really, we have these questions in our head that we really want to ask a pastor about, or we have false um, false things in our head that or mis- we've been misled all, this ye- all these years. Like, it's okay to do A, B, and C, and it's okay to do D, F, G. But even like when I first asked the question, um, is it okay to drink alcohol because wine is in the Bible? People don't make excuses about doing certain things because it's in the Bible. We can drink wine. But like you said, you don't supposed to get drunk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and right. people take that the wrong way. So I just wanted to clear some things up. And I'm going to pop on every now and again to ask the question. 
um, just to get some answers that I'm hearing in the community because I have a, a, a big, large community. So those are the things that I wanted to ask. And where and one thing I like about you, you are pointing out in the Bible is here, is there, or where it came from, or what they may have thought was what was being interpreted. So I do appreciate that. So guys, I'm here with um, Pastor Wes, and this is the segment segment of Ask a Pastor. So thank you so much, um, Pastor Wes, for right, your welcome. input. Welcome, Malika. You can also, like I said, you can't if some questions that people want to ask that that you might not think of, that they might want to post, let them send them to you, and we will try our best to uh, answer according to the scripture. And if we can't find it, we will get back with them. But uh, generally, our the word of God is our guide, and we look for it to show us what we need to do. And so many people, like you said, are seeing leaders in the church doing things. And you remember how we were coming up in the most church today, they say, do what I say, not as I do. Yeah. All, no, we don't need those type of leaders in the church. <laughs> we need you doing what the word says. If we can't do it, then we can't expect you to do it. So uh, I appreciate these questions. And uh, any other questions you have, feel free, because I know that the question that you ask, somebody's out there saying, man, I needed to hear that. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, so, you know, you know, you got a lot of questions that people want to ask, but they are too afraid. That's mm -hmm. why. When we do Bible study at the church, I like for them to, what, if they got a question, ask the question. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid or ashamed to ask the question because the question that you ask might be the question that somebody else needed to answer. For. So I appreciate you for allowing this, this time. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to go ahead and cl close us out in prayer real quick. I will. All right. Heavenly Father, we bless your name, Lord. We thank you for this night. And Father, we just pray right now, Lord, that you continue to speak to the churches. Allow us to recognize, Lord, that our focus should not be on temporal things, but on those things that build eternity. Father, we thank you right now, Lord, that we recognize that our faith is not in stuff that will not save us, but it is in your word. And it's your word that will deliver us. It's your word that will set us free. And Lord, we thank you that it's your word that shows us our future. Lord, you said that, Lord, if we endure to the end, we shall be saved. Lord, you said if we accept Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. Lord, you have planned and prepared a place for us in your kingdom. And we thank you for it tonight. And Father, we continue to ask you to bless those that have tuned in tonight. Continue to bless this network, bless, set apart and chosen that you may be glorified in everything that we do. And Lord, we thank you for it now. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, everybody, for supporting Set Apart and Chosen, the Valika B Project. But most importantly, thank you, Pastor um, Wes, for all you do. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you all. You can go ahead. And well, that concludes this episode of the Valika B Project with your host, Valika B. Until next time we meet, be blessed.